Welcome to Dragon Talk! We got the official Dungeons and Dragons podcast coming at ya. We're yeah. super hot. Yeah. We are flaming. Super hot. Yeah, we're flaming yeah. hot Cheetos. That's right. That's right. We're dropping brand names all over the place on this episode. <laughs> um, I'm Greg hi. Tito. That's Shelly Mazanova. Yeah, I forgot what we were doing for a minute there. I was like just so caught up in being called super hot. <laughs> it's a super hot podcast today. <laughs> it really is. It is. It's a giant super hot podcast. Giant super hot because we have the amazing uh, giant talent of Emmy Tanji coming yes. to talk to us. One, one of the greatest wizards. She also, like Bigby, one of the greatest wizards of all times. It's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the most diminutive in size. Also But like not Bigby. talent. Yes. Right. Also like Bigby. I love it. You'll hear all about that in our interview with art director Emmy Tanji, who's been at Wizards for 16 years. Uh, what? Not impressive. Yeah. <laughs> Shelly's like, talk to me when you get to 45. <laughs> That's what happens. Your voice changes at your 45. <laughs> Clearly, I am a, must be approaching year 45 because I've been talking in that voice a lot lately. You've been really going into your lower register. <laughs> <laughs> it's all that acting training. <laughs> I don't know why that was so fun. You've really, I've noticed that you've really been digging into that lower register. Oh, <laughs> 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 these hands. Oh, no, it's coming back. French fried potatoes. <laughs> Like a, a sling blade uh, reference. That <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Billy Bob. Oh, he was great. on a reality show, wasn't he? No, I don't know. Oh, I don't. He should be probably a he big brother be. or something. His, his daughter, big brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, right, I think we have something uh, beyond us crying, laughing on this podcast that we have to talk about, Shelley. Okay. We are traveling a bunch this summer as well as having a lot of work to do. And so we are going to take a little bit of a break from Dragon Talk, publishing new episodes uh, over August and uh, July of 2023. We hope to be back with our two episodes, at least <laughs> that will bring us tonight 400 episodes. 400. We're going to give you 400 episodes very soon. Yeah. Yeah. So hiatus. Come back strong. That's right. Rested, relaxed with our like tans and I don't know. What do people do over the summer if they're really on a hiatus? <laughs> Which it's we're not. A, <laughs> it's a hot orc summer, I've heard, uh, uh, from our friends at Cantrip Candle. So nice. we'll be doing that. Um, as well as getting, you know, all of the celebratory things around for 400 episodes because yeah. we had uh, so much fun around our 300th episode. And so but that wanna... was like, I feel like that was like a few months ago. How is this even possible? It's time is a flat circle. It really is. It but... keeps going. Um, uh... So yeah, we, don't, don't, we won't have any new episodes published on our feeds for July or August, but we will be back in September and uh, can't wait to check you out there. So enjoy your 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 amazing uh, break. Uh, play as much D&D and other games as you possibly can. Um, and yeah, we'll hit the ground running in September. And maybe if you haven't already, dig into 398 other episodes. 
Maybe you haven't gone that far back into our library, our very extensive library. Go back and listen to some of the the older episodes because I think there's a lot of really good ones in there. There is. A lot of great segments. We're going to talk about uh, what segments we will be returning with uh, in the fall. Um, And there's a, like, yeah, like Shelly said, there's a wealth of stuff out there. Uh, Maybe since we talked about Storm King's Thunder a bunch, go back in time to 2016 and learn about what we were talking about when we were making Storm King's Thunder. Uh, There is a lot there. Of course, like and subscribe and get everybody to listen to Dragon Talk. It's always a great uh, tool for meeting new people in the D&D community as well as all of the, you know, design and and, uh, artwork that goes into making um, this amazing game happen for you all out there. So... Jump in, make it all Jump happen. We have an amazing interview, as we said, with I'm Emmy Tanji. So let's get to it. Let's welcome Emmy Tanji back to Dragon Talk. Hey, Hello. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Any time. It's so good to see you and hear you and get to talk to you. Oh, thank you. Same here. I miss seeing you folks. <laughs> I know. We were just saying how we're all West Seattle, but we don't get to see each other as much. This is the only way is through the technology and showmanship of Dragon Talk. Thank it's goodness. Probably for that. not the only way. <laughs> right. We could actually uh let's make a plan. Let's we meet at that really cute like uh <laughs> let's go to Safeway together. All meet at Safeway at 3 30 PM. I was gonna say the Good Society Brewing Company. Oh uh, but oh, yeah. what up? Right Safeway's great too. Yeah. <laughs> Both are exceptional. Both are good options. <laughs> not the game store, not Meeples, but we'll yeah. do. Uh, I, I, Emmy is very practical. <laughs> She's like, I want to see you, but I also am very busy. So <laughs> you can help me get walk the game. aisles with me, <laughs> get my things. It will be air conditioned, <laughs> multitask. Ooh. Exactly. We can get snacks. It'll be great. Oh my, oh my goodness, that's a plan. And I love bagging groceries. I love it. <laughs> Please, All right. bag this mine. Is a plan. I am like I am. Very thoughtful about. I've studied. I have studied the the baggers for years. Like, how do they do that? They fit <laughs> a lot into a bag. Much the way I have studied art directors for <gasps> years. Oh, segue. Oh. Usually, it's Greg's job to segue, but I am feeling inspired today. Do it. Uh, but Emmy, you are an art director at I Wizards am. of the Coast working on the D&D team. And I will speak for absolutely everybody when I say we are so lucky to have you. Oh, my gosh. I am so lucky to be here. <laughs> um, but you know what? I think we should start with a really basic question before we get into like the hard hitting <laughs> questions. But I think for a lot of people, maybe they don't understand what the role of an art director really is. And it's probably different at different companies and different industries, but as it pertains to Dungeons and Dragons, what is the role of an art director? Oh my goodness. I would say Mm. the role of an art director, like you said, it can be many things, um, specifically for our team, the D&D imaginative team, the studio creating stuff for the TRPG space. It is kind of thing that... um, 
bridge between the game designers and our artists. So we get all of this amazing content, you know, created by these geniuses who are just incredible. Who are, yeah, just not only smart, but also like just so um, talented in crafting the words, like you say, the story, the adventure, making sure it all mechanically works. And they have this vision. And of course, I can't draw. So I can't draw this book. So I have to find amazing artists who do. And thankfully, we have a whole lot of them. So um, being that art director is uh, making sure that the artists can receive these directions and these orders and descriptions in order to create the art that you see so beautifully painted in our books. And then there's also a lot of stuff, like conversing with the amazing marketing teams, the other internal teams, like outside teams, giving them advice on what our creatures look like, you know, like when they're making minis, you know, his kids are incredible partners or p- folks that, you know, want to make licensed goods. It's like all of those things, everything that touches D&D um, and needs some visual support is something an um, art director has the ability to influence wonderfully. <laughs> so a lot of a lot of different things we can do. Yeah. And it is it is a lot of like the the illustrations and getting those in the books looking awesome, um, and the the secondary part of that being like the visual guide uh, for for the brand and all of our creatures like that's that's just interesting to me because it's such a uh, uh, all encompassing thing right it's like oh yeah we're we're I mean there was a point where we were standardizing like what the different dragons look like in in Dungeons and Dragons and you're like that's so you know big it's huge sweeping and then you saw some of that work in uh you know dungeons and dragons honor among thieves like how how crazy was that to see some of that oh my god it is so even still the movie and being such a good movie as it was (laughs) like seeing all of that come to life and um huge props to the franchise team for you know handling that so beautifully but just seeing our world translated to like the movie screen was incredible and seeing a red dragon correct and yeah. correctly yeah. adorably <laughs> round. <laughs> like, it, you know, there's so many fantasy, you know, worlds out there with great dragons. And to see that our red dragon was portrayed correctly, <laughs> like visually, oh, it was so satisfying. And, um, you know, there might be the word director in my name, but a lot of, like, a lot of my um, experience and the things I tell other people is things I've learned from all the folks on our team. So, you know, I'm not the end-all, be-all knowledge and everything. Like, things are always evolving, changing. Like, I'm constantly learning about, you know, what D&D is and what it could be. So, I really, really love that part, you know, of of my job. <laughs> yeah, it's super cool. Like, just to see these imaginative fantastical worlds brought to life. I think the art has always been one of my favorite parts about this game, even though it's in our heads. Uh I love to see it come to life as a a spellcaster. (laughs) To see a spell being cast visually Uh or like in the movie too, that was super cool. But I'm like, oh my God, that's what I look like when I cast (laughs) burning hands. That's so cool. But it is, like you say, this really cool partnership between you and the design, the game, mm-hmm. des- you're both design, but game design versus um, graphic and art design. But mm-hmm. that when they're writing it, like they are also writing those art orders that then yeah. get turned over to you. But who is it that's deciding like what parts of the book will be 
visually brought to life? Because, I mean, certainly there's not every single scene, every single encounter, but how does it, I, how is it determined, like, this character doing this particular thing is what we're going to hire an artist to do? Yeah, the majority of that, I would say, does come from, like, the writers and the game leads, because, I mean, the book is in their head. The book right. is in their hands, you know? So <laughs> they know exactly what it is. But there's a really, really great partnership where we'll sit down together and uh, line by line, word by word, we will go through these art descriptions and, you know, like review it. Like, what is this? What are the folks? Um, what are the characters depicted in this scene? What is the scene itself? What is the creature? How is this described? Because my job will be to tell this to the artist and I need to make sure that everything is very clear everything is very straightforward um because it needs to make sense it can't be totally fluffy and you know like like a long lengthy sentence and paragraph about what this is but I'm like but does it make sense for an artist to draw is this something does it cover all the things or does it just sound fluffy so it is um getting to that conversation with the um the game lead is so much fun to me because it's like sitting in a room for hours and just talking about art and what's in the book and getting familiar with all the content. And it is, um, it's, it's really, <laughs> it's really fun and knowledgeable. Like it's, yeah, it's a great thing. <laughs> and you got to do that with James Wyatt for, for glory of the giants coming out. Uh, how, how was that experience? What was it like working with him? Oh my goodness. Working with James is like, like going to like a, a a peaceful yoga retreat or something. Yes. <laughs> he is. He's oh, the wonderful. most zen, wonderful, kind, gentle human being. I know. And he's just so knowledgeable about D&D and so much like other knowledge too mm -hmm. about lore, history, like real world religion. Yep. Um, there's just so much thoughtfulness and he's so easygoing. He's so like open to ideas and suggestions so he'll be like this is an idea and i'll be like what about this and he said yes of course is <laughs> such a wonderful partner to get to work with he really is yes we talked to him last week on on this here podcast i listened I, and, oh <laughs> thanks I, love it. I do feel like i was very relaxed after that episode like, why don't i just feel so chill and zen oh because i talked to james wyatt yeah um, who was by a pond and a, and a lake and a, oh my god and with all the, uh, oh i know yeah. he's just like oh there's just like this these just birds chill. that are hang on let me just identify what bird this is like perched <laughs> on my railing right now it's amazing uh but but giants are also amazing. Thank what a cool, awesome book that, again, has some of the most beautiful art that I have ever seen in any book. Oh, thank you. They just really keep getting better. <laughs> but do. this is a, um, I mean, we're talking giants. Like, it's not a typical adventure book where it's like just an adventuring party that you get to see having experiences that you and your adventuring party may or may not have as well or like some NPCs or a cool location. Like, we're actually talking about and the reinvention of these magnificent creatures. Yeah, a so whole book of it. <laughs> a whole entire book of it. And like, forgive the pun, but a giant bestiary. So, <laughs> oh my God, uh, it's so big. <laughs> there's so many monsters in this book. But, but, but for the giants in particular, like that's, oh my God, the puns just write themselves. That's no small task. <laughs> Oh. to like reinvent giants so i got it it was is it different to work on a book like giants 
versus a book like Planescape, which you're also working on, but you probably can't tell us too much about that. Not too much yet, but yeah, totally different. Like one is like a whole world setting, you know, adventure. And the other is like, oh, a whole book? Like you want to put the whole book about giants? You want to put it, you know? And so like, I, you know, when I first heard that, I was curious as well. I'm like, okay, okay, with giants, big people and a whole book. (laughs) And yeah, we did a whole book. And it's fantastic. And um, like to go back a little bit, my first real big brush with giants was back in the, <laughs> I think. Nice. <laughs> Can't help it. Can't stop, won't stop. Was in 2016 with uh, the Storm King's Thunder the adventure campaign, you know, which was an adventure. So it was different. There was a story. So we filled the whole book and it was great. And this one, like, like you said, Shelly, like this one focuses on giants and more. Like mm-hmm. it's, you know, you kind of had mentioned the reanimate reimagination isn't that words um and that hmm. is truly what james did with this like he emphasizes like the magical and elemental nature of these big people which to me initially you know i was like oh big people great you know i would rather see critters and things that crawl and things that are creepy or something but no this is like in this, there's exploration on the giants' cultures, their societies, you know, like they're not just big old angry big people. <laughs> like, there's so much <laughs> like more. me and, and Greg. There's, <laughs> <laughs> there's spider fights. It's <laughs> <laughs> getting worse. That oh, is no, getting worse, is by getting the way. Yeah, We're gonna we'll worse. keep um audio. Oh my god. Updates. I know. Sorry, getting- Greg. <laughs> <laughs> right. like, I keep uh, showing it's like I got necrosis the of the topo- of the of arm. Okay, sorry. That was like very red and very bumpy. But it anyway, was- sorry. <laughs> back- <laughs> oh, it's all funny until someone passes out because he's been poisoned. Or super powered. Yeah. It's true. For those of you listening, I think I got a spider bite like right before I started recording this interview. So uh if I do pass out in the middle of it, blame Lolf. Then a good spider bites. Two spider bites. That's Two right. Spider bites that we right. know of now. Could be <laughs> yeah. more. Well, so at least they weren't tick bites because there's a giant tick in this book, <laughs> and that would have been. There's bad. a giant tick in this book. There's you a giant the, tick in the book. You, I the queen of segways. <laughs> I can't wait till you see the illustration. Um, it's on a giant's back, so let you, you know, let your minds imagine what that looks like. Ew, oh, is, no. it, is it engorged? It's engorged. And it's it's the most amazing thing. The giant has his arms trying to get at it. And he oh, can't it's it. so frustrating. Right at that center part. Oh, yes. no. It's amazing. Do and giant ticks for poison giants? You know, I'd have to look at the stack block. But okay. <laughs> I mean, just all I could do is focus on the art itself. And Was this... Was, okay, Excellent example of like, was this in the art order where somebody was like, what did James White say? Make sure the tick's in a spot where he can't itch it. <laughs> no, so that's the, um, it's, I think it said on a, on a giant or on giant's back okay. maybe. But the way the um, artist made the hands just not long enough to <laughs> reach the so giant so was just chef's kiss. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, that tells a story right there. Yes. That's- it's, yeah, it's giving the mm. artists, um, just these descriptions and I in my head it's it becomes one thing and then when I see it I'm like oh they took it there or you know it went oh my goodness like that's amazing and just the joy of getting to work with these artists like they're incredible they are so talented and they are so amazing like there is this one piece of art of a flesh colossus 
So use again. Also use imagination. sounds like something Greg has going on right now. <laughs> There's, it's right. Yeah. It's just I don't, me. I don't know what that means exactly, but it sounds gross. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There, yeah, there are some very, very Flesh cool and colossal. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think I might have distracted you from when you oh. were talking about your first big project. Cause when because oh. I got, I'm sorry, I was just your your bite is getting worse, Greg. It's true. It's true. It's yeah. true. But so, Storm King's Thunder is not getting worse. It's getting better. Over it, time. Is. it is. <laughs> Giants only continue to get better. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're. <laughs> What you worked on right, so you you were the art director on that. King. No, I was the graphic designer. Oh. I was a graphic designer back then, and the wonderful Kate Irwin and Sean and Arcee. So were the art directors. Oh, that I know. It's Two been a journey. Also, greats in the D and D world. Yeah. So this time I get to try my art director hands on this, and the um, amazingly talented, wonderful. Trish Yocum was my principal graphic designer extraordinaire on this. And it was really cool because she picked up some things from the Storm King's Thunder book, layout, color, palette and such. But then she like, you know, took it to the next, 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 next level as she does. Um, Yeah. So it's pretty gorgeous. Like it's a, it's a beautiful book. I, just to segue a little off to Trish, because you brought her up, but yeah. I know we've talked to her too on Dragon Talk, but she's one of the most talented designers ever. Like I've actually gotten to see her work and I'm sure she wasn't like thrilled that I was standing behind her, but <laughs> we were like, I like, to time crunch. like, I think we were working on Dungeon Mayhem and it was like, yeah, she did great work not enough that. time to like print stuff out and review it. She was just like, okay, just come here and I'll show <laughs> you, I'm going to show you what I'm working on. I'm like, oh, she's just like, click, 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 click. And it's like, oh my God, you literally just laid out these cards and they're gorgeous. Like she did all of that graphic design on Dungeon Mayhem and created the the icons for the oh cards. Mm-hmm. But just like she's, it is a very talented skill to be able to like look at a page in a book and see like a little bit of like an ink blot here or like the framing around a piece. Or like she's, it's so cool. It's just I think it's yeah. the scrapbooker in her that she's just so able to like make every page come alive. So right. yeah, she balances things so perfectly. Like these these book layouts, like we have a whole team of amazing graphic designers and they have to work that line of not making a page overly designed, right? Yeah. Because the purpose of these books is that they're they're ultimately they are to be informative. People are supposed to learn from these books. They're books. <laughs> there's words. There's beautiful pictures. And the graphic designer's job is to make it all sing together, mm-hmm. right? So it's not about just slapping a whole bunch of stuff on the page. Like legibility needs to be huge. It needs to also be beautiful. So they're, you know, the way that they design these books are wonderful. And it is it is a talent. <laughs> it really is. And yeah. the way that you all work together to make that, that happen. It's a, a beautiful symphony. Oh, and there is, if, if you haven't seen uh, a, a graphic designer on the level of uh, Trish and Emmy work, it is a little bit like watching the uh, a, a movie that is showing like a hacker. Like when you <laughs> see like a hacker who's like, I'm going to hack the system and, and they're clicking all the things and pushing it's all the true. buttons and doing all the things. That's what it is like watching someone at the level of, of, of Emmy and Trish, right? Where they're like, I can't believe, I mean, you have all of the the 
keystrokes memorized in such a way, and I'm walking at the screen, and I can't even follow no. <laughs> what you're doing and the speed that you're doing it. And it is fantastic, and I, lo- I love that we get to see that, uh, you know, uh, in, in the office when we are in the office, uh, yeah, cool. making it all happen. It's 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 glorious, and um, yeah. So so kudos to you, and Emmy, you did oh, uh, such you. amazing stuff uh, on Storm King Thunder and on this going forward. Forward, like it just seems yes. so cool to be able to take these ideas of giants and kind of level them up a little bit here uh, in 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 the visuals. It's your glory of the <laughs> giants yourself because you're that that big and spectacular in the art director world. And your work is glorious. Oh, oh thank you. It's got glory. <laughs> if we wrote a book about Emmy, it would be glorious work of the giants. <laughs> well, in some ways, uh, this book does have uh, an inspiration of a the 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 presenter of this book is Bigby, uh, who used to be a human uh, and is no longer. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. So I'm gonna reel it back a little bit and a little peek behind. So Bigby used to be a human wizard originated from Greyhawk under Gary, Gary Gygax. And so, you know, we have a lot of great iconic wizards and characters in the D&D multiverse. And we thought, hey, history has a lot of really great human wizards. And D&D has such a deep, flavorful cauldron to draw inspiration from. So what if one of our iconic wizards became not a human? And <laughs> there began, you know, like we have just so many wonderful things to showcase, like so many different flavors, like as you can see from all of the different characters, like our players create. So why not make one of the really iconic voices not a human, you know, someone really cool. So that's where we began exploring what could, what kind of character could Big B be? And, you know, he's got these amazing giant hands, his magical spell, right? That are really iconic. Um, so we explored looking into maybe a smaller character. And, you know, through some really amazing concept art by John Grello, we turned him into this fabulous gnome who (laughs) makes his transformation in this book. So the very opening page, the scene, which is one of my favorite pieces of art, you'll see um, Bigby meeting his demise, his Mm. human Bigby meeting his demise. And what follows is all the other um, visual representations of Bigby throughout the book is his in gnome form. <laughs> okay. I have to admit, I didn't realize that that was happening in this book. I thought that was already part of his Oh, history. no, it, it entries. It's it's a really fun, it's so Whoa. D&D. Yeah, it is. Um, it's such a D&D moment. And I, when James described this uh, scene to me, I was like, yes, we're going to open with this. That is fun. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, it's this, it's this great piece of, uh, Big B, human Big B underneath a rock. So we don't really originally see, you know, a boulder, what he looks like, but Mordekainen, his friend is there just kind of looking in, oh my goodness, what just happened? And behind them is this giant frost giant, um, towering over who is mm-hmm. grabbing a piece of the mountain because apparently that was what just crushed our dear Big B, right? So, um, it's, it's almost like a, uh a cartoonish scene because you see the trail of um, in the snow of where the boulder had gone. Shoes <laughs> oh. sticking out of the bottom. Um, but it is oh, that's just cool. It's uh, a, it's, uh, it feels like such a D and D moment. It does. Well, and I love that he gets reincarnated as a gnome yeah. uh, in, in a book about giants. Like that's so funny to me. It is. Um, 
I, I love the fact that it's like this little diminutive gnome but powerful gnome, you know, it has oh, these powerful, powerful. spells uh, and, and a powerful spellcaster um, who has to now wrestle with this challenge of being a little person uh, mm-hmm. compared to, to what he was and as well as uh, some of the, the new friends that he's making along the way. And I can't help but think, you know, Emmy, you are not a extremely tall person. I am not. <laughs> I know the challenges of a gnome. Right. And, and did that come into play at all as you were art directing this? Oh, I mean, I am always an advocate for showing our halflings, our gnomes, you know, our dwarves. <laughs> like, I love seeing more of that in our art. So the, you know, with the idea when they were pitching it, oh, could be a different, you know, like species. I was like, oh, yes, <laughs> let's yes. let's do this. And plus our gnomes, our D&D gnomes, um, their design is that they are the um, characters with larger hands, you know, and larger feet, you know, even though they're a little shorter. So that plays perfectly. These are just small, yeah. tiny little details, but that plays <laughs> perfectly into the overall design. Yeah. Oh, when James talked about this, I didn't realize like it was like, I thought it was just like Bigby's history. Like it happened. I Like you guys were like basically I mean, like DMing for Mordecai and, and Bigby and Bigby just rolled really low. Yeah. Or like really that's, high if you, or really if you high. love gnomes. Yeah. And I mean, that's, True. I didn't mean to imply what we that get that's... To do? <laughs> yes. But wow. Yes. Okay. Amazing. <laughs> I, I love it. Cool. What a cool I story. Cool. And just what like history is now happening. Like now you have now literally changed D and D history. It's it's evolving and I love it. <laughs> <sighs> just love it too. Like fifty years from now, people are gonna still be playing D and D, obviously. There'll be a new crop of art directors and game designers and they're gonna be like, So fifty years ago, <laughs> a boulder fell on Bigby. <laughs> <laughs> he died. Mordecai and resurrected him, and he became a gnome. And now a new boulder is going to fall on him. Oh, what's roll? What could roll happen? For <laughs> <laughs> it's so cool. I mean, I would have voted for Tabaxi, uh, but that's just me. That would be amazing. <laughs> and could you describe Bigby as a Tabaxi? Um, he's very short. He's a very small. With the little run. short legs. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Short Tabaxi. Yeah. Combine both the gnome and the and the Tabaxi into one. A gnome tabaxi. (laughs) What? Let's make history again here. Let's just let's throw another boulder. You could draw that. (laughs) Oh, so cool! Speaking of adorable gnome tabaxis, our newest uh, creature that we've just created right here on the spot. Let's talk about some of the the real creatures that are actually in this book. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You must have some. Favorites. Oh well, there. Well, we the tick. The t- we know about the tick. tick and the flesh colossal. Speaking of which, can we get a flesh check on you, Mister yeah, Tito? Flesh check. Flesh check. Oh yeah, those are getting okay. still red. Bulbous. It's, I feel like it's expanding. <laughs> it's, it's expanding, and there's like a. Ow! Yeah, that's like we are now and has like a red dot in the middle of it. From one a giant tick. One of those is definitely like bigger than a quarter. And it's def- it's gotten bigger. We're now Does in like half something? half dollar size. I'd say. <laughs> I just want to give our listeners a visual. Oh, <laughs> a visual update. Describe my wounds. I mean, uh, if you had to write an art order for Greg's colossal <laughs> flesh wound, <laughs> it's basically like mountains, cascade mountains, mountains growing. Uh-huh. As long as I can turn into a drider by the end of this, I think I'll be happy. That would be cool. Oh, that'd be nice. A drider with yeah. cool hair. Uh, <laughs> carry many, carry many the kids legs. around and yeah. you know save on you gas. Could you could carry all anymore. the groceries from the car. You don't have yeah. to ever make two trips. 
which I actually refuse to make two trips, no matter how many bags I have in my trunk. So I do transform into a drider when I carry you and Rachel Ray. I love you. It's not the. That is not the first time somebody has said you and Rachel Ray about something I <laughs> probably said. was me too. We I joke about it all was. the time because <laughs> in her cooking show, she always would take like oh, everything yes. out of the refrigerator and we're like, just make two. It's right behind you. You don't have to like load up every single time. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's anyway, we were going to talk about giant ticks. Let's, uh, let's go back to the giant, uh, okay, giant amazing creatures. Okay. giant creatures that we got here. Sure. Yes. And we do have some. Just a, couple, <laughs> just a few. Just a few. We can cover all of them. No, we don't. We can't. It's a huge beast. Over it's 70. Amazing. Over 70. 70, 70, 70. Yeah. Um, so there was there was some really out again, really back a little bit. There was some really cool concept art that the amazing mm. Sean Wood had started that I got to kind of follow, follow nice. up and continue on. Um, and that those were things like giants that had even more elemental things to them they were giant dinosaurs which dinosaurs already feel pretty giant to us right, right? but they were giants to giant to dinosaurs. giants yes. so even giants oh, wow. even they were. gianter they were like things they were described to me as would you know if a giant needed a mount he would get onto this dinosaur, giant dinosaur. <laughs> yeah so kind of big big boys. Um, but <laughs> they were really cool. And um, April Prime did these really awesome concept pieces. And she used this, um, she was kind of inspired by that Kintsugi, like um, broken ceramic, you know, kind mm. of um, yeah. craft where they would be fused back together by gold and, you know, um, material. So like, it was really cool but to lean into the elemental aspect of the dinosaurs. Like she brought in these amazing cracks of like glowing red on like the regisar or like blue on the aerosar, like which is a flying kind of paradactyl sort of thing. Um, and it was, it's really beautiful because they feel so much more than just a big dinosaur. Like there are yeah. some slight differences that are just slightly stranger and slightly more wild, um, which I'm really excited for everybody to see. And then um, Ilya Shkipin kind of took it to the final in our books. So they're really beautiful pieces of art. And I'm curious to hear how they're going to appear in folks' campaigns. Like, because yeah. it's one thing to encounter a dinosaur and then you encounter these giant-sized gargantuan dinosaurs, oh. which are going to be really... I, really cool. I can't even imagine. So take a a D and D human. Uh huh. Like to scale, what? How big would a giant, not just a regular dinosaur, but a giant dinosaur appear? Like, what would that? I'm trying to figure out in my head how big, big. that really is. Huge. It's big. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like a like a like an empire State store. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Like Bigger a good-sized Sears, like <laughs> right, like a depart, like a like a Sears, like an anchor store at the end of a mall. Big, <laughs> yeah, probably a good okay. size, maybe yeah. a two-story uh, department store. <laughs> wow, that's huge. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah big yeah, enough for a giant to mount. Like that's you're like oh, okay, that's, that's the, saying the, the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, we've got big, we've got big things. We've got, um, we've got big giants that were um, influenced by, you know, like devilish or demonic kind of um, powers. So there's like this one really great one of the Etten Ceramorph, um, mm. which is, uh, which is Etten, obviously, 
who was infected, I suppose, is that the correct way to say it, by the mind flayer tadpoles, mm. ceramorph oh. processes, or the ceramorphosis. You know what Ceramorphosis. I mean. Ceramorphosis. Okay. Seriously? I don't even yeah. know. Yeah. Mofo. <laughs> He's got spider bites. It's giving him like <laughs> grammar nerd powers. It's actually ceramorphosa. <laughs> <laughs> Keep correcting me. I welcome it, Greg. <laughs> but but um, this this creature, so you know, Etten's got the two heads, right? And then so because of the tadpoles, two tadpoles infuse into them, and then so you see this great, you know, like kind of mind flare head here, and in their chest is this other mind flare kind of like head that's like imbued in there, and it is just incredible Ew. Uh, you know, have two heads so they need two tadpoles that makes two sense tadpoles, yeah and giants were too big i believe for one tadpole so etons are a great little home there's two brains there two tadpoles yeah you know? two for so mm -hmm. it's, yeah. a bogo. <laughs> it's a bogo it's a bogo so look forward to a uh, great bogo in our interview theory <laughs> So those are those are some really great big things I like. There's smaller things like I believe James talked about his goose, the goose, um, yes. the goose. We've got the tick. We've got some other really um, wonderful, fantastical creatures that you know harken back to like fairy tale sort of um, stories. And then we've got this great thing that I really like called a bag jelly, and it is this <laughs> it's this ooze that's found in bags carried by giants. Ew. Why? Yeah. How does it get oh. there? Well, it um, it feeds on things that are organic material. So when you've got a really dirty bag, a giant bag, <laughs> this ooze will start to, you know, live in it. And um, it's resistant to squishing. And I believe some giants will not like it because it's an ooze. Or some giants will use it kind of as a trap if small folk adventurers try to come and steal their giant so treasures. Funny. So that is mm. a bag jelly is a, just its name alone is very, I, very <laughs> intriguing. A hundred percent little kid giants have that in their lunch so boxes. Much bag jelly. There's yeah. so oh, much yeah. that's exactly probably where it begins. It's like Aaron's <laughs> smart putty, but for D D <laughs> form. It's all the slime that we've got. Oh uh, my god. See like little giant kids like throwing it at each other in the cafeteria. Oh. I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> New canon well, right there. The form factor of this book is not any different than any other DD book out there. So how do you show the size, the scope of of all these creatures that we're we're talking about here, right? Because if, if everything is giant in the book, it doesn't right? you can't really there's no frame of reference, right? So that helps by having Big BB so tiny and he gets to be mm -hmm. in here. So yeah, how else do you how else do you really show that scale? It's gotta be a hard challenge for artists. It is. And I commend all of our artists for doing the amazing job that they did. Um, because I can say, make them look big, you know. They did. Um yeah, exactly. When we first were talking about giants, you know, Trisha and I were like, oh, what if the pages, you know, like folded out and we could expand and, you know, dreaming big, but, you know, <laughs> budgets are still budgets. So we couldn't quite do that. Um, dream big. Dream big. Yeah, yeah. dream big. <laughs> get your, get your so, head out of the clouds. <laughs> oh, I want to talk about a cloud piece later. That's a okay. <laughs> um, but, yeah, essentially show small people or sh make the environment really speak to, you know, the giants and the, 
the placement of them in that setting. So um, there's a really great scene of like some, and this also talks more about, you know, giants and the not being just beasts that you have to fight all the time. There's a great scene of like um, giants in these ruins and you see these small folk adventurers kind of um, assisting them, you know, like in their in their adventure or their whatever they're doing, scouting out for treasure perhaps. Um, so integrating like small folk and showing just a massive um, environments around or creatures. I'm not sure if we showed some creatures, but yeah, bringing in that perspective to fit everything in our standard size book was a challenge and I think the artist pulled it off wonderful. Um, and one of one piece I think is just really, really beautiful was a incredible piece by Andrew Marr, which um, showcases one of the scions, which we haven't talked about yet. James talked about. Um, mm. It's the scion of Memnar and it's in like this beautiful cloud scene of pinks and purples and there's this airship, but then you see this giant almost made out of clouds and it's just kind of like peacefully walking or floating through the scene. And then you, you start to think about, oh my goodness, this airship is so high in the sky and this thing is practically filling up the whole scene, you know, this creature. And if you could just imagine that in an adventure that you're in, it's like, it would be this moment of calm and awe and beauty. And then you realize, oh my goodness, that's a that's a creature, like yeah. something of that scale. So I think um, Andrew captured that really well. That's a dude walking by. A yeah. Like, oh, hello there. Yeah. <laughs> in that one. voice. Yeah, in that voice, totally. <laughs> if they're nice, if it's a nice cloud giant. Oh, it is, hello yeah. there. <laughs> I do feel like that really captures the essence of this book so well just hearing that story because it's like there like you said there's so much more to giants than just like big angry people <laughs> but like to see something as a dungeon master to get to describe that scene to your players and like even if it's just so like fun. it's just passing by like it's yeah. not you're not interacting you're no it's not fighting you it doesn't yeah. want or need anything from you. It you doesn't just have even to, notice you. It doesn't even notice. You're just <laughs> in the same space with it. That's that's pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a lot of things like um, I would say that I'm a new DM, but I mean, I haven't done any gaming in so long. It is a tragedy. But there are like um, so many tables. So I love tables as somebody Me who too. cannot think of things on the fly. <laughs> and um, there are some really awesome tables in here. Like they are things that talk about like giants behavior, you know, like starry hooks, things that are in their bags. Um, more, like, than oh, <laughs> more than more ooze? More than jelly? Like, more than jelly. There's mm. like... Um, more than words? What, what, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. <laughs> yeah, I love tables too. So yeah, what, what are some of the things that you can find in a giant's bag? Uh, but, giant bags. So there were wonderful things like poetry, art, treasure oh. you know like um sandals i think was one sandals. of them sandals yes. oh <laughs> can you just picture like giant sandals like we rocks. would call them barges or rats <laughs> i know very <laughs> <Yes. laughs> yeah. yes i mean if if you two could put something in a giant's bag for your adventurers what would you put in there oh that's a good question something um, all right i'm gonna think how big we're talking I would I mean, think I it would be. I think there was be, a chicken uh, in one of the illustrations and a pumpkin. You <laughs> like know, an it can be yeah, it can be practical. It could be a pumpkin yeah. and a chicken. I think it would be a tree. I would describe someone like a tree for someone that's been uh, like kind of gotten sharpened to a point, 
Um, I would describe it like that way, and then I would have a, a giant take it out and use it as a toothpick at oh one point. Oh my god, I love that. <laughs> In my bag, I think this giant has just come from the farmer's market, and I'm just picturing like a bag full of giant blueberries, because I think they'd be really fun to climb on. And delicious. And delicious, just to like gnaw. It's always been kind of like a like a childhood fantasy to like be alive in candy land and just be like, you, like there's just like a tree and I can just lick it. And like, <laughs> like the grass is actually like just candy and I can eat it. So I just feel like if like a big, like a, just like a giant fruit salad and you can just crawl around on it and take a bite. <laughs> I love that. I'm just thinking how economical that is. <laughs> I just need one, one blueberry, blueberry could feed an entire <laughs> village for an entire year. Last- so many smoothies. <laughs> Wait, so we have giant uh, uh, beasts in here that are mm-hmm. bigger than normal beasts, and we have giant people who are bigger than normal people. Is there such a thing as giant vegetation? Like that is giant blueberries? Yeah. Like I, I don't, Do I didn't know yeah, that was a thing that exists, but now I want it to is exist there, in D and D. Is there food bigger too? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> their carrots are bigger. <laughs> Just their uh, fall squashes, actually. Only <laughs> <laughs> that's it. They just have one type of thing. That's there is bread. like so much canon in this one up. I love it. Like, <laughs> nope, are, just the making. fall squashes are the only thing that grow big in the giant they were world. Created by the wizard named Monsanto. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like a spider bite, Tito. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm being sued. Are you? Are you? Is that your hair, or are there horns growing now in your forehead? Oh, there's forehead? definitely horns. Oh dear. I'm, I've got powers now. <laughs> Giant powers. Um, so, Emmy, yes. what yeah. are some of your favorite? pieces to commission like do you love and environments do you love creatures or different D characters or even what like what what are some of your just like oh yes i'm gonna sink my teeth into this this is my favorite thing creatures <laughs> oh yeah creatures i love a good critter i mean i think the fun part and and it could be because to me it feels easier um the fun part is that these these creatures come with a stat block. They come with all of this information. They come with all of this inspiration that are like, you can look at their attacks. You can look at, you know, what are they, um, like, what are they immune to? You know, all of those things are going to influence what the the creature should design and what it should look like, right? Like, where does it live? What is, is its environment? What is its challenge rating? Um, so that to me, like, there's so much more ammunition to that. And plus, I just love creatures too. <laughs> and, um, and we just have such great artists that do creatures. So I I really enjoy getting a good critter made. <laughs> and getting it right. Like if um, you know, having them submit something and be like, well, that tail can't look like that because for these reasons, or it's not that important that we can't make this quite as prominent because there's no special tail attack or something. Like all of those little details, you know, like they mean stuff. And we want our, you know, our players to to see these creatures and get to visualize it, put it in their game and have it make sense. Yeah. So yeah, I like making a good creature. Those are some of my favorite conversations to listen to is when that like to talk about a tiefling's tail and like the exact shape of it. I'll go that. Nope. They're not that thick at nope. the end. Like it needs <laughs> to come to more of a point or like the, 
Is it the tieflings tail that splits? It's a barbed tail. Barbed tieflings tail. have a barbed tail. Yeah. I remember a conversation where like it wasn't barbed enough or it was too barbed or the barb wasn't Many there. Barbs. And like, what is happening? Like, this isn't a tiefling. I'm like, this is fascinating. Because <laughs> like you said, it, it matters. It does. It does. And because like we have so many creatures, we have so many humanoids, we have so many things with two legs, like all of those things, it does really matter to take into consideration the design and kind of the rules of what these things are. Otherwise, if they start to get kind of wild and all over the place, there's going to be all this gray area and overlap and someone's going to go, is that a dragonborn or is that a lizard folk? Or, you know, like, I don't know. So, you know, we want to do our very best to make it as clear as possible what our D&D creatures are. And then once it goes out into the world, by all means, let the players go wild. Let them make the yeah. changes. Let them get, you know, really creative because that's what we love to see. But as long as we can give them that strong foundation to start with, you know, that's that's what we just hope to do. I love that too. That's such an inspiration. And yeah. uh, seeing the work that you did on uh, the misplaced monsters. Oh, Oh, uh, supplement for those of you who don't no know. No credit for that. <laughs> right? Like, I just feel like what you're talking about here is like totally exhibited oh in this uh, supplement that we're doing for Extra <sighs> Life, where uh, six kids basically drew and designed these monsters. And then we got to make them real stat block. You know, not, not that the others weren't real, but like as if they went through the D&D studio real. Um, yeah. And Art directed that too. Like, what was that like? Uh, a gift. <laughs> like, <it> was, <laughs> I agree. It was yes. amazing. So, I mean, I'll have to give credit where credit is due. You may know this fella, Bart Carroll. Um, <laughs> nope. <laughs> um, we, had, we had kicked this off in 2021, if not slightly earlier, and started this conversation with Seattle Children's Hospital about, you know, like, hey, let's let's do this great partnership and are any of your kids interested in D&D? Yes. Mm -hmm. Are they interested in maybe perhaps creating a creature for us? And yes. And, you know, with the sign off of their guardians and their incredible talents, like we, we got a bunch of really cool submissions. Um, and they came with not only the illustration, they also came with like these really fantastical descriptions of what the creature is about, you know, like what is their backstory? What are their powers? And it just, it made me uh, yearn for that imagination I have probably so since lost from childhood. And just, uh, it, it was such an honor to get to do this um, and work with the team, you know, work with Mackenzie um, and work with Hinchel, our, our, our artist, our artist, <laughs> who like, he translated all of them so wonderful. And he was so excited mm. to get to work on this project oh. as well. Um, I think it it's incredible. And just the stat box themselves to the flavor of them and the attacks and everything is just it really works. It's yeah, so I could cool. just I could just read through them. It really <laughs> it is one of the best things we've ever done here. Yeah. And like you could there couldn't have been a more perfect person than you to work on this. But if you ever just need like you said, just some inspiration or just to like remember what it was like to be a kid and just imagine things. And how cool is it to see it come to life? But it is, I just, it like makes me almost cry. Like when I look at that Aww. book, I'm like, I'm really just like these, they're just so cool. They're just yeah. so touching. Yeah. I mean, yeah. these, and the kids themselves are incredible. Like they're, you know, they're all patients of the Seattle Children's Hospital and all of the proceeds go to, um, 
you know, to this foundation, the Extra Life Foundation, to support Seattle Children's Hospital. Um, mm-hmm. This will go on until November of this year. So, you know, get it. Get it. Um, but like they, you know, they've been through so much. They are just so resilient. Kids are so resilient. They're so incredible. And I, I just, it makes me so happy that, you know, we can do this with them. And we are, we are really the lucky ones. In all it's of true, us. right? And some of the creatures they came up with are just adorable, right? Yes. Like the, yes. And ooh, clever. Very and powerful. powerful. Seth, the shaking dragon <laughs> looks really cool. I love Sheldon the blueberry oh, dragon. Sheldon the blueberry <laughs> dragon. Yeah. Is awesome. Well, blueberries. I mean, he could definitely fit into right? He's a your giant glory blueberry. of the giants. Can't be. Yeah. <laughs> but my favorite has to be the dandy lion. I was just uh, looking at him right now, too. Because yes. it's such a great a pun. I love a pun. Uh, I love a kid's pun probably more than an adult's pun. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. adorable. Uh, also, have to say that the the kids' version of the dandelion is actually really good. Oh, it's really Definitely good. Oh, yeah. Keep an eye on Jones D because yeah, uh, well, right. So wrong. yeah, for those of you who haven't checked out this uh, supplement yet, it's called Misplaced Monsters Volume One. So maybe there'll be a Volume Two one so. day. Um, but the kids got to submit their idea for the monster with a visual representation, so they got to draw it. And then we took that drawing, right? Did you do any other work with them? Did you work with them on any other kind of stuff? Or was it just from their submission and the um, and the submitted drawing that they were able to to kind of create the final piece from? Just that. They knew what just they were that. doing. Oh, they yeah. knew what they were doing, Greg. Like, they yeah. submitted it, and we were like, well, here we go. We don't have to work that hard. <laughs> yeah, right? It's, it's all right amazing. there. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, just, just the fine details in the backstory for some of these was just so like, like good natured. Like this one's, you know, vegetarian. This one does yeah. not, you know, it will protect. <laughs> it is very cool. Yeah. The, oh my God, the <laughs> rain, the, the, the kitty cat. The little kitty. The kitty that cat. drawing, the kid drawing is like, warms my heart. It's like the epitome of a child's drawing. Mm-hmm. Oh, but yeah, really good. <laughs> so good. Yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. Like, oh, it's so good. It's mm-hmm. so good. I Shout out to Kenzie C for making rain. Yeah. <laughs> making, making it rain. rain. <laughs> burr, burr, burr. <laughs> Scrapper, also amazing. Yes. <laughs> and like, this is like Scrapper's, like this this kid created an entirely new race of monsters. <laughs> like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, there oh, you go. Cool. <laughs> Put it in a game. Put it in the game. Put, it, put them yeah, all put in the game. Your table. Yeah. Have your yeah, giants well. come and eat some of these creatures. Good luck, giants. <laughs> I, I wonder if Sheldon the blueberry dragon also has ooze in the bottom of his bag. A little or, bit of blueberry ooze? Yeah. yeah. Blueberry jam. Mm. That's what he sells at the farmer's market. <laughs> it all obsessed comes with giants together. going to the farmer's market. And blueberries. <laughs> and blueberries. And gnomes. Oh, um, so yes, it. again, if love you haven't love. checked this out, it's on uh, D&D Beyond. All the proceeds go to the uh, Children's Miracle Network uh, and our affiliate for that is the Seattle Children's Hospital um, where we got these donations from, so or these submissions from. So awesome stuff. It will be, uh, you know, giving some wonderful things to folks if you pick that up on D&D Beyond. And thanks for working on this, Emmy, uh, yeah. as well as Big Bees, I guess. I guess. Oh, yeah. and Big Bees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was a joy for both. Aww. The best. You're the best, Emmy. Aw, you guys were the best. Thank you so much. And thanks for coming on and talking about all this fun stuff. I feel like we, uh, you know, I was we said we're going to go meet at Safeway uh, right after this. And, um, <laughs> yeah, gorgeous day. 
<laughs> Why wouldn't you just go to the grocery for my, store? For my spider bites. We should probably get a cream for that. Yeah. <laughs> I think they'll have it at Safeway. <laughs> I'm a helixolve. We'll push you in the shopping cart. Or we get some frozen <laughs> blueberries for the ice it down a little. That's nice. Actually, <laughs> that actually probably would feel really good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah actually, please idea. do keep an yeah. eye on it. <laughs> oh, well, that's that's your, your 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 motherly instincts coming in there now. You're like, you should take care of that. We're going to have to get Drink you some cream water for and that. take care of that. <laughs> Drink some water. Put a little aquifer on that. Everybody out there, stay hydrated and pick up yes. Big B's Presents Glory of the Giants and Misplaced Monsters Volume 1 uh, and everything that Emmy has touched and created oh. over the years for Dungeons & Dragons because it's all fantastic. Thanks, everyone. Yes, thanks for thanks for joining, and I hope everybody stays well. Thanks, Emmy the Gnome. I love Emmy I so love much. I love it. Um, everything she works on is amazing, and she really is just one of the nicest people. Yeah, great, I feel like I said that the human. entire time because I was like, agree, 100%. Yeah. She has made so many amazing things that most people may not even know. Like, I mean, she did all, a lot of the marketing graphic design work. She yes. was the marketing uh, design for a time there for Dungeons & Dragons where we didn't have any other buddy else who was working on it. She did t-shirts. The Extra yeah. Life t-shirts, those are always Emmy. Those are always been Emmy, uh, as well as the amazing Extra Life uh, work that we were talking about in this interview. Uh, she, yeah, you're right, always making those uh, in her distinct style. And I think I even have a few of the things that she did for the Wizards Makers Fair around the holidays. Uh, she made stuffed animals that <gasps> yes. my kids still love and hold on to the, to this day. Oh my gosh, Quinn has some of those too. You're right. Creative person. Um, and uh, you should all be thankful of uh, her influence on the D&D team. Doing great stuff. Agree, agree. Well, uh, as we said in the opening, we are going on a brief hiatus. We'll be back in September. Don't look for any new episodes up until then. Um, but feel free to go back into our backlog and see what is there. And uh, let us know what you think uh, about Dragon Talk. We are uh, very active on the socials. I am at Greg Tito on Twitter, as well as that same handle on Mastodon and Blue Sky now, as well as a few others. Um, but yeah, would love to chat with you all about uh, what is going on with your D&D game over the summer. Uh, yep. And uh, what about you, Shelly Moo? I am at Shelly Moo, Twitter and Instagram. So yes, hit me up. Let's chat. That's right. We all have our respective websites. You can also sign up for our respective newsletters there uh, and get uh, up-to-the-date information about what we're doing professionally as well. Yes. That is a great place to catch up. So many great places to catch up. In the meantime, we have to catch up with Drunky Two-Shoes and uh, mm -hmm. her brother Daryl, mm -hmm. who are reunited once again. Daryl was performing live in the city of Sagarpur in front of thousands of people when a large wave, tidal wave, from the river collapsed on the crowd. Drunky Two-Shoes had a bit of a uh, altercation with some poisonous snakes as well as uh, burning up her uh, friends and comrades with a burning hands spell. We don't talk about that. But then as that started to get cleaned up, you saw the amazing quaffed... Uh, unbesmirched visage of Daryl Two-Shoes is coming up to Drunky and saying, oh, it's you. His like flowy little mane of hair. 
Yeah, he looks very, very good. Um, <sighs> and actually a little bit more mature than you've seen him. Uh, yeah, because he hasn't been going through what I've gone through trying to find him. Didn't he like, didn't I, didn't Drunky charge him or something? I think he did. She did. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm just going to pounce. I'm going to pounce on him like a kitty. You are pouncing uh, like a Hobbs pounce on... Uh, your brother Daryl, and he's like, whoa, whoa! He he doesn't uh, give any resistance at all. He lets you just kind of uh, uh, jump on top of him. Uh, there's water splashing all around him, so now he is in the Good. dirty uh, uh, oh, tidal water I that's all sure around him. And he's he like, oh, come on! Filthy. I just had this no. cleaned. No, where have you been? I've been here. Why? Why do you keep leaving without telling me? We were in water deep, and then you were gone. I didn't do that on purpose. I don't know. Something happened. Uh, do you not even I, care? I care. Of course I care. I'm so excited been, to see you. You're alive. Have you tried to find me? I have. I punch I him. <laughs> Ow! Why are you punching me? <laughs> I have spent, I don't even know how many hours trying to find you. Days. Could be years. I assembled this adventuring party trying to find you. Oh, you did? Yeah. Who are these people? Samson, it's good to see you. You're alive. Don't say hi to him, Samson. <laughs> Samson is, uh, puts his hands up, and he's he's actually busy kind of uh, uh, killing the last of the poisonous snakes that are attacking uh, still the people around here. He's like, you do this on your own. And uh, Daryl says that it's been so long. I, I I lost hope. I didn't think I would ever see you or, or, oh, or Samson again. Don't give me that. You ran away. You ran away without me. Like you do How did every I run time. Away? I was in the middle of fighting that huge uh, uh, giant thing. And then the next thing I knew, I was here. How did you run away? I didn't run away. Well, how did you go away? Someone cast a spell on me. And you just ended up here performing? Well, it's been, it's been decades. Has it? And you look at him and you see his face is uh, got uh, more gray hairs than you have. Um, coming out of uh, his mane, even though it looks quaffed and amazing, it is more uh, salt than pepper at this stage. And you see the creases around his eyes. Like you really, yeah, if you want to make a, um, you don't need to make a perception check because you're pouncing and you're on top of him. You're seeing him all. He looks a lot older. Do I look like you look? No, you look great. Why are you older? You look super hot. <laughs> Wait, I, I am your litter mate, dude. Not in a, uh, you know, that type of way. I'm just saying that you look good. Flaming hot, would you say? <laughs> it was a callback, yes. Okay, this is weird. Um, Blade of Grass. Blade of Grass, come here. Uh, yes, and she strides up. She's got her, her sword drawn. What do you need? This is my brother. We're litter mates, and yet he looks like dog ass, and I look hot and fresh. What's going on? I uh, Is there something you want me to kill with this sword? Mm, no, stand down. I just want it off. <laughs> you knew anything about like why some tabaxis age a lot faster than others. Well, I know. And uh, you actually see Jonathan uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, muscle his way in and he says, I, I don't know exactly what's happening, but perhaps there's some type of temporal change here uh, when you travel through uh, the portals to get to this place from your world. Time can you, change. Jonathan. Uh and and uh says it, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. What matters though is that you're here, you have a party, you have people. This world is uh where we come from, where the tabaxi come from, but they've all been wiped out. We need to go to the ancient city where we used to live. I've been trying to get the resources needed to be able to find out about what's happened, where this cat lord came from. Well, it just so happens. We were heading there anyway. 
<laughs> Let's go. Let's go. We'll talk about all these temporal whatevers another time. And we're off. All right, let's do it. Thank you. We'll see you when we post in September the conclusion, perhaps. Maybe. Of this quest. Bye. Bye. Miss you. Have a good summer. Stay sweet. (laughs) You're going to write in my yearbook. I will. Yeah, call me the summer. Thank you.